0: It's time to start rallying around America's young conservatives and explore what it means to be a young Republican in the 21st century, in a world where it seems like everyone under 30 must be a liberal. These are the stories you haven't heard before from the voices of America's young conservatives. So let's find out what it truly means to be raised right. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Raise Right Podcast. My name is Israeli Klein, and I'll be your host. And I want to start off by wishing everybody a happy Memorial Day, but especially want to send out a thank you to all of our service men and women out there who have served and have sacrificed so much so that we may live in peace here at home and our beautiful nation under God, enjoying the freedoms and protections granted to us by our Father and by our Constitution, and um, have. You know They've given so much for us to be able to do that, so a big thank you to them and the families out there as well. This episode, I'm very excited to bring on one of my dear friends, Emily Bird, who is the co-host of the Logic and Common Sense podcast, who you may be familiar with from Jonathan Copel's episode. They host that show together, and I met Emily from being a guest on their show when I was going through my own experiences of cancel culture For those of you that don't know, I was canceled by my own university, Arizona State, for a tweet that was, quote, too conservative. hurt a lot of people's feelings. If you want to catch, you know, that whole story, listen to the very first episode of this podcast, because there is always more to the stories, folks. Don't forget that. But this episode is going to be about Emily and her journey being a young conservative. Um, A 22-year-old from Louisiana, she started off in pre-med and found out quickly just how liberal colleges are, right? That's nothing new or shocking, but it is kind of a revelation for those of us that come from conservative households and then get thrust into this echo chamber and have to figure out what to do rather quickly. So Emily got involved with the Turning Point chapter and has been doing some amazing things for the conservative movement out there, and I'm very much looking forward to having her on to kind of share what she has been up to and the change that she has been initiating. So let's bring her on. Okay, and we are here with Emily Bird, who's going to come on and kind of just share her story of what being raised right has meant meant to her and the journey that she's, she's had. So welcome, Emily.
1: Hey, it's great to be here. I'm so happy to be on today. Perfect.
0: So why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about you, how you grew up, um, if politics was a big part of your life growing up, just, you know, how you got into it.
1: Yeah, so actually politics was not a big part of my life at all no politicians that I know of in the family or anything like that. Um, But I did grow up in a conservative Christian household um, where we always kind of put our values first. And that's kind of what led me in this direction of where I'm at right now. So I actually started um, undergrad as a pre-med student. I was, you know, I still graduated with a science degree, all of that stuff. But by the end of my college career, if that's what you want to call it, I had gotten involved in Turning Point USA And that's really when I started to see what's happening on our college campuses, in our high schools and how they're trying to um, redirect students and the values that they may have learned at home. They're trying to change that to these progressive leftist political values that um, is essentially just, it will change their whole lives and not in a positive way as well as change everybody else's lives because it's going to create a ripple effect because these generations are the next generations that um, will be involved in politics, will be making decisions, they're going to be our lawyers, our doctors, our politicians, like I just said, so that's really when I, when I started to, like, open my eyes to what was happening, um, especially on campuses.
0: Yeah, was there, like, a particular moment that was, like, your wake-up call of, wow, this is totally different than what I thought it would be, and we kind of have, you know, an issue.
1: Yeah. I mean, not really. I want to say it was like more slow. So like I said, you know, I grew up conservative, so I already kind of saw it happening. I think it just kind of gets to that point where, you know, as you're growing up, you finally develop that maturity to be like, crap, this is really what's happening. So it's not like an all at once epiphany or anything like that. It was just, I had seen it happening. And then, especially when I got involved in Turning Point USA, it was like, okay, there's actually something that we can do to counteract what's happening." to these young people in these schools.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of students out there and even kids today that grow up in these really strong Christian conservative households. And then when they hit public school or even all the way to college, then they you know, they become liberal. They, they give into that leftist indoctrination. So how did you stay strong in your beliefs and kind of stay true to yourself throughout that whole time?
1: Yeah, I mean, part of that, I want to say is just how I am as a person. So during that stage of life, unfortunately, a lot of kids rely on their peers instead of their families. It's just part of growing up. And I had never put as much reliance on my friends as maybe other teenagers did or other um, college students did. So for me, it was a little bit different because I didn't create my reliance on peers or on friends. Like even when I was back in high school, you know, my I wanna say junior, end of junior year, beginning of senior year of high school, I had this big group of friends, like they're all great people and I lost all of them like that because they started you know, doing things that I didn't agree with and I stood up against them. And for somebody you know, to say that at 16, 17 years old, it's kind of a big deal because a lot of times kids just wanna put, um, they put their reliance on these friends so they wanna stay silent so they can keep these friends. And for me, what I believed in was much more important having a large group of friends and i think that's something that parents need to be teaching their children before they go into public school before they go into college because that's really what's going to ground them is realizing that their worth and um who they are is not in these friend groups or their popularity or anything like that so it goes back to the parents and you know how they've built up their child growing up and you know i've had amazing parents um and they have absolutely built me up to where I can stand in my beliefs and I really don't have to rely on or care about what anybody else says about me because I stand in my convictions and I will not bend on them. And I think that a lot of parents need to start kind of instilling that in their children because that's how we're going to create a stronger um, generation, a stronger upcoming generation, because unfortunately, the generations coming up right now are, I don't want to say they're not very strong, but they won't stand in their convictions. They rely too much on celebrities, on the media, on their peers. And instead of relying on their roots and who they are and what they actually believe in, or even just how to critically think through situations and create their opinions from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for, you know, the parents listening out there, even peers of young conservatives, what would be, you know, your top advice for instilling that strength in that? Um, courage of standing in your convictions from a young age, and how do parents really make sure that their kids have that confidence to stay true to themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as just talking to your kids. Now, I will say I'm not a parent yet, so, (laughs) you know, I am giving this advice, but um, I've worked with a lot of kids, and that has been a common thread that I've seen among kids who have been strong in their convictions, is they have parents who are willing to sit down and talk to them and say, look, this is what's happening in the world. So it's not, you know, it's not in baby talk. They're not trying to sugarcoat anything. They're saying, this is the real world. This is what's happening. And here's how you can stand strong and handle it or, you know, change it. If you're wanting to step up and change what's happening like we're doing at Turning Point. Um, So it's as simple as that. Just sit down, talk to your kids, let them know that you're listening to them because that gives them the opportunity to critically think through Um, the different situations and things that we're seeing throughout our country and throughout their own personal lives, instead of just absorbing what they're being told and how to, how they're supposed to react instead of respond to these things.
0: Right. How did you kind of go from like the pre-med route to what you're doing now? You're with Jonathan um, on the podcast Logic and Common Sense. And unfortunately, a lot of the school systems kind of teach people what to think rather than how to think. So what are some of the methods that you know, you've kind of learned or beneficial, or um, maybe you and Jonathan have talked about about making the right decisions to self-educate in the ways to do that.
1: Right. Well, one of the big strong points that we have on this podcast mm-hmm. is that Jonathan is actually a school teacher, so that's a huge deal because he comes in contact with high school kids every single day, and so he knows exactly, you know, what they're going through, especially in this current political climate and how to talk to them. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just again making sure they can look at these situations and come up with their own opinions because we have too many teachers in that school and in other schools who are gonna stand there and say okay, this is what happened when that's not actually what happened. Mm-hmm. I believe they had a school recently had some kind of syncratic seminar on the Capitol insurrection. So basically, and she framed it as they were being able to discuss their opinions on it. But the language that was being used in her classroom was absolutely aligned with the leftist narrative. So these kids aren't feeling like they have the freedom to actually talk against what she's saying if they feel differently, or if they even have genuine questions about would happen instead of just what they're being told. So, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I said with parents as well as teachers, you have to stand up and just talk to your kids about what is going on without putting, you know, your opinion in it, especially in public schools. We have a lot of leftist opinions coming into these classrooms and No conservative opinions, because what's happening is the conservatives are the ones that are saying, "Okay, we can't talk about religion. We can't talk about politics, so we won't. I'm going to teach these kids math because that's what I was hired to do. And the leftist um, teachers, unfortunately, are not following that those same guidelines. So we definitely need to, you know, take a look into what's happening in these classrooms because a lot of parents, I feel like, don't know what's being taught to their children. And then their children go to college and come back, and they're like, "I don't know what happened. My kids are leftists," right. and it's because they've been given little little bits and ounces ever since they were young in these classrooms, to where by the time they go to college you know, they're bombarded by all, all of these leftist ideologies and they're full-fledged progressive leftists. So, I mean, even in our, on our podcast, what we do is just try to break down each situation and we try to back all of it with statistics, because when you have the statistics, you can actually think through the situation rather just rather than just the narrative that you're being presented.
0: Right. And I think, you know, when you're in the classroom and you don't agree with the teacher, speaking up is a scary thing. And a lot of times you get blamed for arguing or debating rather than just, you know, trying to have a respectful conversation. So how would you encourage, you know, your peers or any young conservatives listening to this, if they hear something that they don't agree with or don't think is right, how do they stand up to it in a respectful way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would just respectfully ask questions that they almost can't get out of, if that makes sense. So if they are talking about something that's just totally off and you ask an intelligent question that almost forces them to say the correct answer or forces them to say the statistic, you know, you almost put them in that corner to where they have to tell you the truth. They can't just rely on the narrative or the talking points that they have continuously said in the classroom. So instead of just telling them, well, I believe this, we'll say, why do you believe that? or wouldn't this be this because of this? So it's more about asking those questions because not only are you going to be seen as somebody who's not fighting the teacher, but the other kids in the class or the other students are going to start having their wheels turn as well. And they're going to be thinking, oh, you know what? He might be on to something. So it's about asking those questions um, in the classroom instead of just meeting them with force.
0: Right. Absolutely. So what are some you know, great steps that you recognize in your own Turning Point chapter that Turning Point was taking to kind of combat this leftist narrative on
1: campus? Yeah, so one of the big things that we do is tabling. It sounds super simple, but basically we set up a table. We have our posters and our stickers um, advocating for this country, for free markets, uh, limited government, different things like that, and just being there and talking to people and having these conversations opens up a whole new world for a lot of students because when they're on these campuses, they, um, they're basically entering an echo chamber of leftist ideology. That's the only narrative that they're being told. So when you have somebody set up a table that is pro-limited government, pro-free markets, they're like, wait a second, my professor told me capitalism was bad. So then they're either going to come yell at you or come ask you why you think capitalism is a good thing. And so it gives the students on these campuses, the conservative students, the opportunity to open up these conversations in places where they might not have been able to open it up beforehand.
0: Absolutely, what's the response been to that from your own experience?
1: Yeah, so I am based in Louisiana, and Louisiana, for whatever reason, has been super indifferent about a lot of things. It sounds strange, especially in this political climate where everybody's up in arms about everything, but um, a lot of times they'll just kind of see your table and be like, okay, and keep walking, you know, despite whatever their personal opinion is. But then occasionally you'll get kids who are like, oh, I love you guys. I'm so excited. And, you know, I want to come to your events, that sort of thing. And then you get the flip side where people either disagree and want to have a conversation, which is to me the best um, outcome of all of it, because you can actually talk and learn with these people. Um, And then you have the people who will scream and throw your stuff everywhere. You know, I had this past semester in the spring, I had a student come up throw all my stuff off the table and call me a fascist for advocating for limited government and free markets. And, you know, flicks me off, walks off, whatever. And I said, let's talk about this because I don't think you actually know the definition of fascism because what I'm supporting is actually the complete opposite. And of course, sometimes people don't want to listen and they just walk off. But after that happened, we had a couple of their students come over and they said, oh, what was that about? You know, and then they're wanting to learn because they see this this thing blow up and they're like, okay, something's going on over there. And then we end up having um, more conversations that way. So either way, it creates that conversation that needs to happen on college campuses, whether it's a good or a bad response. Um, but more often we get good responses down here in Louisiana.
0: Good, that's awesome. So what are your goals for the future? What are you, you know, working towards and working on now?
1: Yeah, so um, right now I am working on my master's degree Um, And I finish in December, hopefully. (laughs) No, I'm supposed to finish in December and I'm really excited about it. And I'm also working part-time with Turning Point USA through the summer. And I officially start full-time with them in August, covering the state of Louisiana. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to be on the team and to bring our conservative values um, back home, back to Louisiana, because overall we're a conservative state. But then, you know, you look and we have a Democrat governor or some of these different cities and parishes like Orleans Parish is very liberal. So it's especially going to be about getting into these um, liberal cities, these liberal parishes and just promoting our ideas, because I don't think that they're being promoted at all in those areas. So I'm really excited to take that on and to build up a conservative base here in Louisiana.
0: That's awesome. So from your perspective, what is the biggest battle or issue um, that we as young conservatives really need to be fighting against or for
1: okay um gosh there's so many <laughs> um there's literally so many i think the biggest thing and this is almost vague but just getting people to be more open-minded because i think this political culture has created a generation of people who say if you don't agree with me unfollow me now That is so like, I hate that trend because what you're doing is you're creating your own echo chamber. You're saying to the world, I don't want to listen to anybody who doesn't agree with me. I don't want to listen to any other opinion. So I just want to cut you guys off right now and shut you down. That is going to be, just the worst possible thing that could happen on campuses and in our country. Because one of the reasons that we've created so many solutions in this country and move forward so quickly, especially being such a young country, is that we have that dialogue going. We have people that we can get along with who we totally disagree and then come to a solution. But this younger generation does not wanna do that. They wanna shut it down and not hear any other opinion. So to me, that almost reaches multiple different political and policy issues. It really reaches all of them. It reaches every single one because we can't talk about anything or make any kind of change if we're just gonna shut down the conversation. And um, yeah, unfortunately that's a trend right now and I hate it and I think that as conservatives, that's what we need to fight against. We need to say, look, I don't agree with you, but I can still be nice to you. I can still be your friend. And, you know, we almost need to be the bigger person in that scenario and show that there is another way. And you don't just have to be angry and shut people down because you disagree with them because we're not gonna move forward at all if we do that.
0: Right, absolutely, I love that. So obviously one of the d- dangers, if you will, you know, of the liberal indoctrination are the super left leaning students that understand it, they support it full fledged and they're, you know, just as strong as we are in their convictions. But I think what's even more dangerous are the students who ages don't care about politics or really don't understand it at all. So how do you try to open that dialogue and and get them to care about it, or at least try to understand it when they don't have any interest at all? Because those are the ones that really kind of get swept away by this this left wave because they don't care. Right. Well, and
1: not only that, I think that This is something conservatives could really work on. But the left tends to pull out the heartstrings and conservatives, we try to be a little bit more. We're like, oh, we're logical. This is where the facts are, which is great. But the left is really getting, you know, they're tapping into the emotion of these students and they're saying, okay, well, if you really care about people, you would vote for this, this and this, even if those policies would not even help the people that they're talking about and unfortunately conservatives really need to step it up and say no look how our policies will actually help these people because we do care about them even though we don't maybe show it as much um from like a politically p- political party standpoint mm-hmm. i think that that is a big thing that um you know we need to be working on as conservatives
0: spark those conversations with people that that just don't care and get them to. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's just tapping into that emotion, you know, because, and really just connecting to something that they can relate to as well. Mm-hmm. So even if they're not, you know, as connected to di- the different communities, the different minority communities that the left typically taps into, you could connect it to something as simple as, you know, taxes, because I actually, the first person I ever talked to when I was tabling, he was a leftist and he didn't understand why we couldn't take um, more taxes from people who are making money to give it to somebody like him who's in school. And I said, well, how much school do you have left? And he had a year or two or something like that. And I said, well, when you get out of school and you've worked you know, so hard and so long to get that degree and to have a good job, do you want them to take your money now and give it to somebody else who's not working? And it like was like a light bulb went off in his head and he realized oh, you're right. Because if you flip the table and kind of hit it home, you know, where it's personal and he realizes, or, you know, the students are realizing this is something that could affect me. And they make those connections a little bit um, clearer in their head and they're able to see what we've, what we've been talking about the whole time and trying to point out. So it's just about two things, tapping into the emotion and making it relatable for these students.
0: I love that. That's great. It's super good advice. Cause when, you know, I tell people I work at Turning Point USA, some people love that. Some people are like, what the heck is that? And then you know you right. kind of a the political organization and that like they, they're just so turned off by the word politics. And it's just and then you ask them, like, oh, who did you vote for? What do you think about this? And it's just the leftist ideology. It's like, okay, why do you think that if you don't care to begin with? So it, it's so dangerous and something that I think you know we have to start fighting against. I think those are two great ways to do that that you offered. So any final you know, pieces of advice for young conservatives or parents out there of young conservatives before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to just keep having these conversations, whether it's with your kids, with your peers. Um, I think that is just one of the things across the board because again, we don't wanna create an echo chamber. So if you have a friend that disagrees with you, talk to them about it. If they're really your friend, they'll stay being your friend. <laughs> if not, they weren't really your friend to begin with. And again, I think young people really need to catch on to that. In this country we all have different opinions. Even conservatives differ from other conservatives, liberals differ from other liberals. So we need to keep these conversations open with our with our kids and with our peers and with our students if you're a teacher and you're seeing that this leftist ideology is being pulled into your classroom or pulled into your kids, you know, education, you need to stand up and speak out, which is exactly what Jonathan Copel did as a Spanish teacher, a high school Spanish teacher. He stood up and he spoke out for what was going on, um, on at the school board meetings, what they were trying to push in the classrooms. And he's actually made very effective change with that. So just keep the conversations open and we can win this fight. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you for your time, Emily. It's super good to talk to you. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy this episode of Raised Right? Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to catch the next episode. And be sure to like and follow us on Instagram at Raised Right Podcast and Facebook and Twitter at Raised Right Pod.